You're listening to The Business Marketing Show, episode number 71. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Welcome to The Business Marketing Show. I am your host, Brendan. I'm here with my co-host, Ed. Today, we're talking about, uh, well, it's a bit of a different episode. We're talking about tools and stuff we're using this year that we are, we seem to be recommending a lot to um, clients and other people uh, on a weekly basis. So, we figured we'd hit the record button and talk about them. Um, so, yeah, here we are. How's it going, Ed? Excellent, buddy. How about yourself? I'm well. What's new in your world? Uh, not a whole lot. Just... You know, keep keeping alive, moving forward, stopping uh, stopping technology from being a pain in the butt, and hopefully working for us, which is often a challenge with uh, technology. I know with people these days, they have a lot of headaches. So a lot of the tools that we're going to be talking about today can hopefully alleviate some of those headaches. And so they're they're not only things that we recommend to clients, but these are all things that we use ourselves on a daily basis. Correct. Correct. Yep. And uh, couldn't be without. So we've we've put 10 together, uh, five things that Brendan has recommended and five things that I've recommended. And uh, we both use the majority of them as well. So it's not just Brendan using his five and me using my five. They sort of, we cross over quite a lot with most of them. So we'll... Um, We'll kick off and talk about those because we do get a lot of people asking, what do you use to do this or what do you use to do that? And um, it still surprises me that a lot of people aren't using some of these tools that have been around for quite a few years, if not 10 plus years. So, so do you want me to kick off, Brendan? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, the one that I have been using probably on this list the longest without doubt is the one we're actually talking on right now and recording this podcast with, and that is Skype. So most people I know uh, that we invite to come on as a guest on the podcast, if you've listened to other episodes, usually they have Skype. It's very rare that they don't. Occasionally someone has to go and open an account, but that doesn't happen very often because Skype's been around for 13 years now. And it is what's known as voice over IP technology. So it enables uh, you to download the free Skype software on your computer or on your iPhone or Android. And uh, you can talk to anyone else that has a free Skype account pretty much anywhere in the world for free. So I've been using it now for 13 years, pretty much the Within two weeks of when it started, I signed up and got my Skype account. And it is the most used tool I think that we've got uh, in the company. We use it for doing uh, conference calls. We use it for doing just normal chat between two people rather than using a phone. We record our podcast over it. So it's a, it's a very versatile product. Uh, not without hiccups. It's had a few changes over its life. It's been bought and sold by many different companies and it's now under the umbrella of Microsoft. Uh, and they do often make updates and improvements. Now, you can't see me doing my air quotes improvements, <laughs> but often those improvements sometimes aren't improvements. Uh, 
But all in all, it's a fantastic tool and you can pay for additional things on top like you can with a lot of software. It starts off free, but you can get something called Skype in and Skype out, which is enabling you to call uh, local phone numbers and mobiles at a very low cost. So um, you've been a Skype user for a while as well, haven't you, Brendan? Uh, I have indeed. We actually use the, uh, the phone numbers that we use, our publicly listed phone numbers are actually Skype numbers. So we use Skype. Um, so if someone calls those numbers, they hit the Skype system. Now we redirect those numbers to different places depending on the time of day and who's online and the team and stuff. But um, yep. yeah, so we've had those numbers for getting close to oh, so eight or nine years, so nearly 10 years we've had those numbers. And yeah, they've worked pretty much flawlessly. Um, I mean, it's not perfect. It's it's um, we're basically making phone calls on the internet. So from time to time you have issues, but for something that's close to free, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's way cheaper than just having a telephone line, uh, you know, from Telstra or whoever you're using as your supplier. Uh, just line rental alone is is uh, more expensive than using this on a monthly basis by far. Um, and we're the same. We've had our um, office number and other iterations of it for for US and UK for probably ten plus years. And it's it's great. And I've told this story before on other podcasts, I'm sure. But when um, my wife and daughter and I went traveling for a year, we um, didn't have to do anything. We didn't have to change anything because the phone number would always get through to me at that time when I needed it to. It would just come through to Skype and people would leave a message if I couldn't answer the call or I could divert it through to a staff member. So fantastic tool. Uh, if you're not using Skype, which you're probably one of the few people who are listening to this and aren't, don't feel bad. It's a, it's a good thing to start because I did a workshop not long ago and there's about 25 to 30 people in the room and I was quite shocked when I asked this question, how many people use Skype? There was only about five people in the room who used Skype and I was really quite dumbfounded by that. Uh, in my mind, every every person had Skype, but not really. So, so number one on the list, definitely check out Skype. Uh, great tool, great business tool, particularly for a small business. Have a look at it. We'll put all the links to these tools in the show notes as well. So that's Skype. Your cool. turn. Your turn, Brendan. Uh, okay, so one that we've been using a lot and recommending, we're using a lot with clients as well and using it ourselves. So we talked before about live chat. Most people know about live chat. Um, where, you know, People come to your website and there's a live chatty thing where they can talk with your staff in real time. Um, we've started about six months ago, maybe a little bit longer, we started using Drift live chat. D-R-I-F-T um, and we found it to be fantastic as a really good interface on the website visitor end it's really easy to use and friendly but it's also really good at capturing so you're going to miss live chats it's just a fact of you know it's how live chats work sometimes there's internet connection problems or you know staff miss a live chat or whatever or someone you know someone starts a, a customer starts a live chat session and they they quit when they don't get a response after 10 seconds but it's got a really good customer interface and then on the back end as um, a really good mobile app um, and mobile interface but it also integrates with other tools so we have it integrated with our slack chat so um, different people on the team so the the chats come through on our slack and um, yeah, I mean, different people on our team handle it. But what we found is almost all, well, it's cut down the number of phone calls we're getting, but we're getting questions. We're selling, basically making sales that we wouldn't otherwise have made because people can get those quick inquiries answered that 
they wouldn't necessarily email for. So, um, yeah, it's been really interesting. I didn't think it would make that much difference. And we're using it for clients as well. And it's, I think we have we actually have an episode where we talk specifically about live chat, but it's it's quite often it's hard to get customers or clients on board with trying it on their website. Um, but mm. the ones that do, they really they see the power of it. Like they start selling more, and they they see how engaged people get with the live chat versus someone sending an inquiry email. So it's almost like a a third, I guess you you would have phone inquiries and email inquiries or contact form inquiries. It's almost like a third new channel. Now that a lot of the marketplace has come to expect, but a lot of um, businesses aren't using. So there's a kind of first mover advantage there um, to use it as, as part of your sales and marketing arsenal. So it's kind of like when I, when I, I don't know about your process, but when I'm working with clients, we talk about, you know, if someone's looking at your website, they found you on a Google search or Facebook ad, whatever it is, it's, it's highly likely they're looking at one or two other websites or competitors as well so it's kind of the game of we've talked before about the all things being equal rule you know the more of those little things you can stack in your favor like commercial professional photography in the website is a huge one that we leverage but the live chat is another one um and it's working really well so Mm. uh uh, would as we've talked about previously if you're not sold on it not on board try it for two weeks um install it connected to the website it's pretty simple to do um, and have you know you don't have to get every single live chat and install the app on your phone if you're not in front of a computer all day or if you do have someone answering the phones or reception or someone at a, a front desk then they can have it installed on their computer and deal with it as they would regular phone calls or inquiries so try it for two weeks and see what happens so um, it's also free I think it's free for up to 100 100 chats per Correct. month so yeah for drift yeah. yeah so no there's really no excuse not to give it a try it's um it's and it's only a bit a tiny bit of work to implement it as well. So I think um, if you're looking to be proactive about your sales and marketing, it would be crazy not to at least test it and see what happens. Running it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, awesome. And so look, we've been using live chat as well for years. Uh, we were using Zopim, which I think you were using as well, which was just bought mm-hmm. out recently by Zendesk, and it's okay. And you you introduced uh, Drift to me very recently, and we just swapped over and started testing it. Uh, and I do like it more than Zopim. Now, the the free one is okay, probably okay for a micro business, a one-person operation. Uh, but I think m- the majority of people, if you're going to be using Drift, you'll have to go to the $50 a month option for multiple users and increased capacity. So, But the great thing is you can test it out, try it, try the free one, see what it's like, If get used to using it, and then uh, then you can upscale to the paid one and i'm pretty sure the free one is free for life um like it's just always free i don't think it's a 14 day trial hopefully i'm correct about saying that uh and um yeah it's a, it's a cool tool but yeah speed speed is the key so if someone gets on and asks a question and you can get to them in seconds as opposed to the competitor taking an hour to get back to them on email, that is definitely could be the key to you getting the deal uh, or the client or the sale compared to the competitor. Yeah, particularly in like short, simple sales where they're just looking for a quick solution or it's a low dollar amount or they just have a quick question before answering or, I'm sorry, before buying or Mm. booking or whatever it is. yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, so that was Drift. So we'll put links in the the chat, not the links in the chat, the links in the uh, show notes. 
so the next one is a product by Google, and it recently changed name in the last 12 months. It used to be called just sort of Google Docs, but now it's called G Suite. Uh, and that is the integration of uh, professional business email through Gmail as part of G Suite plus Google Docs and a whole host of other tools. And we have been using that um, for probably about three years now. We'd always use Gmail in, in, a, in its basic form in the non-business one to have our emails go through, which was always fine and worked well. But you know, three or so years ago, we changed over to using this, and you'd been using it for a while longer as well. And it's like five dollars a month per user, um, five US dollars, and it's like a, an absolute no-brainer. It's bulletproof email, and we've had multiple conversations on the podcast about this, about using um, you know high-grade professional email systems because it is a mission critical uh, tool that you're using and um, I've had no problems with uh, with Gmail it integrates with everything uh, it's fast it's one one thing I've found that's been really good is the ability to search within emails like because it's a search engine that it's running off technically uh, the ability to find the weirdest most obscure email uh, is it, it, like it's seconds you type it in and bang it, it, it finds them all amazingly. Whereas I, I remember years ago tr- trying to do that in Outlook and it was just a pain. So you're using it as well, correct, Brendan? Yeah, absolutely. So I use the Google Docs a lot. So, mm. um, And one thing we do instead of um, – because the email trailer can get a bit out of control sometimes. So now if, we, if there's a long email, I'll, I'll basically write a Google Doc and share that. Um, with whoever I'm emailing, so we have a central place. So it's really good. It's you know, it's basically like a word processor, word doc in a, a web browser that anyone can access, and we can track the history. So that's something I really like. Email aside, like some of those other features are fantastic. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the email's probably more of the core one that we use, but the the other aspects to it are great. And look, five dollars a month—it's just crazy. Um, to, to get that functionality years ago, you would have to get something custom made, and would have cost thousands of dollars. And now, you just—you know—you've got a new staff member, you want to get them on five bucks. You know, like wow. Um, <laughs> if that makes you cringe that you think it's too expensive, you probably shouldn't be in business. <laughs> In my opinion, so that's harsh a good one. Ed, harsh, uh, harsh but true. <laughs> said, said with love. Uh, so yeah, so Google Suites or G Suite, as it's called, um, sounds slightly erotic. Uh, you know, there's been a few jokes made about the name, not by me. Dirty, dirty man, Ed. Brendan. You were the first one to, to bring it up. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so go and check it out. It's a, it's a fantastic tool. We wouldn't be without it. Just like Skype, it's a uh, integrated integrated part of our of what we do. So uh, next one is for you, Brendan. Yeah, the next one I've got um, after Drift, probably the other one we've been doing a lot with this year is Lucky Orange. Uh, it is an analytic tool. We've talked about Crazy Egg before. Uh, Lucky Orange is a similar tool to Crazy Egg. Fantastic naming uh, these analytics tools have. The thing that would so Lucky Orange does a whole bunch of stuff. It's like a website performance analytics tool. But the thing that we use in it the most is the basically it has videos of user sessions on the website. So you will see everything that they're doing, the mouse movements, the scrolling, the clicking. It's basically it's a video of them on the website. 
not their face, but <laughs> their behavior and what they're doing on the website. So it's effectively like looking over <laughs> the shoulder of the customer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we use it a lot uh, for conversion stuff because we know the tra- like we've talked about before where the traffic thing is an easy problem to solve. You pay for AdWords, you get, a, you get traffic to the website. Um, the hard part is you know getting people to convert or call a book or buy or whatever when they get to the website, the conversion piece. So we use Lucky Orange to see what's going on at the website. And it'll also show you the different, because people are accessing on different devices, like you'll see them accessing the website in a tablet and a, a smartphone. And you'll see all the different resolutions and everything. So there'll be things that you only you'll only notice if you watch different people navigating the website. So typically where we for our consulting clients, what I'll do is we'll run Lucky Orange um, for a couple of weeks and if there's something, some particular problem or usually we look at it in relation to a product or service. So they have a product or service that they're looking to sell. We're getting a lot of traffic for it, but they're not getting a lot of inquiries. So we'll run Lucky Orange and I'll just sit down for twenty or thirty minutes and watch the videos and see what trends you can pick up. And quite often there will be one or two distinct things that are not optimal or in some cases just completely broken. Like there's a checkout button that doesn't work on, you know, iPads, but it works on every other device or something weird and obscure like that that you'd only see from watching visitor sessions that unless you're like thoroughly testing the website, you'll never check. So um, it's a really fantastic tool for uncovering those, the kind of, usability issues and things with the website and also um it's really good like there's kind of this knee default knee-jerk reaction that people have that they want more inquiries to the website so it's time to rebuild the site whereas the site already looks good and it's it's past that kind of minimum acceptable design standard so quite often um small tweaks and changes to the website will make a big difference and using rather than having to rebuild the thing from scratch, which is a huge project and not guaranteed to do anything in terms of increasing inquiries. Yeah. Totally. So Lucky Orange is is one way that we look at the website and we're like, well what are the easy things to fix right now? We don't want to, you know, a redesign project like a for a decent size small business that's doing, you know, that have maybe ten or twenty staff, that could be three or six months and 20 grand or more of cost, it's like, well, you know, that's not guaranteed to bring you any more customers. Let's look at what we can do today. Let's fix those rather than, you know, tear the whole thing down and start from scratch. So that's why I like it. And it's it's also free. I think you can get it free for seven days or it does 200, records 200 videos, 100 videos or something, but it has a free yeah. option. So you can, yeah. you can try it and, you know, again, there's enough, I think, in the trial that it records enough videos so you can at least get a feel for what I'm talking about. And it's really, like, it's important that if you're going to use this tool that you do it in the context of a particular product or service. So you're like, well, these are the 10 products and services we sell. Look at them on an individual basis, like, like rather than having looking at the big picture, drill down a couple of levels because that's where it really kind of excels and you're going to see where things are working or not working. So good advice uh we use something similar we use mouseflow.com.au which is a similar product um that does the same sort of thing and it has all all of these pretty much all these tools have some either um free trial or free to use for unlimited time but limited capacity so there's really not much risk. And most of them you can just do on a month-to-month basis. You don't have to sign up for 12 months. They'll often give you some type of discount if you do sign up for 12 months at a time, uh, that it's a significantly cheaper than just paying month-to-month. 
which you can always upgrade to after trialing it for a few months. So, you know, there's really no risk to this. And the up, the upside is that you're going to improve your, your sales. So why wouldn't you? I say. So that's Lucky Orange. Uh, speaking of sales, the next one that I have been using recently, well, for the last couple of years, actually, um, uh, I've been using the free version for the last uh, for a couple of years and probably for the last six months, the pro version, and that's called HubSpot Sales. Now, a lot of people have heard of HubSpot. Uh, now, HubSpot is a um, a tool for increasing your, your sales process, your inbound marketing. Um, it's a CRM, client relationship management tool. It's a whole host of things. And a lot of people uh, who have heard of HubSpot have seen the full-blown version of HubSpot that starts at about $300 a month uh, up to several thousand dollars a month. Now, that's not the one I'm talking about. The one I'm talking about is called HubSpot Sales. It's the sort of entry-level product that HubSpot has, and it connects in with your uh, email and your calendar. So it helps you manage the process of dealing and interacting with, with clients and sales and following that sales process. I recommend trialing again, try, trying the free one, see what it's like, see if it works for you. And then you can upgrade and pay $50 a month like we do for the HubSpot sales pro version. Um, so some of the things that it does, it automates the outreach with, of clients, um, without sort of being impersonal. You can put in a sequence of, um, personalized emails. So it's almost like an email autoresponder, but it's sort of within your own email system. It's not an external tool technically. Um, so that helps deliver reminders and various things to, to, uh, clients that you're working with. You can set up customized email templates and there's like a thousand email templates they've got that you can utilize within the system. Um, and gives you, uh, follow up reminders and all, all sorts of things like that to follow up with, with clients. Uh, the other thing it has is a integrated, um, meeting system, a meeting, meeting booking system. So a lot of people have this challenge where someone says, Oh, let's meet up and have a coffee or let's, um, do, book a Skype call or whatever it is where you've got to allocate time with someone else. And they say, well, I can do it on Tuesday at one o'clock or Wednesday at seven o'clock. And you go, well, I can't do it those times. I can do this. And you've got all that back and forth. You've had that, Brendan, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this enables you to do is create a series of different commonly booked uh, appointment sessions that you would have. The actual booking tool enables you to send out a link to someone and then they can actually just click on the the link and it integrates with uh, my calendar and shows all the times that I'm available for that particular meeting. And it could be to book a Skype meeting. It could be to have an in-person meeting. Whatever the scenario is, you can set it up to customize that. And then they just click a link and it's all done and it, it all integrates with my G Suite that we mentioned before with the calendar. So that part of it is great. Um, there are separate other tools that do a similar thing like Calendly and other sort of calendar booking tools, but this all integrates within this one platform, which is, which is nice. The other great thing is it tracks, uh, email opens and document opens. So no doubt there's people on this, uh, listening to this podcast who have sent emails to people 
it could be an invoice or it could be a whatever it is and they say they haven't received the email or haven't looked at it or haven't opened up the the uh, whatever it is that you've sent them this actually tracks whether that has been done or not so you can know that it has or hasn't been uh, but also it's great it's a great tool for knowing when someone has actually opened a file or a, a proposal you may have sent them so you know that it's a good time to probably follow up with that client and discuss that particular um, document or proposal so we found that has worked great because if it's forefront in their mind if they've just been looking at it in the last 10 minutes a little pop-up comes across your screen and says you know joe blogs has just opened this email and just opened this document we we find that contacting people around that time increases our conversions dramatically because it's already in the space of them looking at what you're doing so so we love it for that it does a lot more but uh it's called hubspot sales um and say free to start using uh but then you have to pay 50 dollars a month if you go to the pro version so that's that one Cool. What you, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a I from what I see online. There's a growing movement about the the email tracking and people not liking the emails being tracked and when they open it and all sorts of things. Um, what are your thoughts on that? My behavior, like I I will get emails from people that if it's uh like some emails will take twenty minutes to reply and I'll see it and I you know I've opened it and I just don't have time to reply. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, look, um, I'm pretty sure within functionality of people's email systems, they can turn off whether uh, that sort of stuff is working or not, whether it's being tracked, um, depending on what they're using. But look, at, at the end of the day, you're just being efficient. Um, and if, if you're following up the customer and uh, it's improving the communication, because often one of the biggest complaints we get is from customers about other people is that they don't follow them up. Oh, they mm-hmm. said they were going to send a proposal and they didn't follow up, or they said they were going to do this and they didn't follow up. So if you can demonstrate that you're being efficient, uh, and look, ultimately at the end of the day, uh, the clients are always impressed with the fact that we're actually talking to them at the right time. Um, no one has ever said to a, you know, no one's ever had a negative reaction. And we, we're not telling them all that we know that they've opened the emails. Um, that's, you know, again, if you don't like that and you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you think that there's something wrong with that, that's a personal choice. Um, I've had this conversation, uh, where I've been running workshops and, you know, the same, the same process. And there's always a few people in the workshop that have an issue with it. I say, well, great, you don't do it. If you think if it's, you know, upsets you in some way or think there's something wrong with it, don't do it. Uh, the majority of people in the room <laughs> seemed quite fine with it. So, yeah, it comes down to a personal preference. But if done, if done correctly, uh, it can be very efficient for both parties, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, that, so that's that one. So yours is next. Uh, okay, so next one is Zapier, Zapier. Mm -hmm. Z-A-P-I-E-R. Hard to explain what this is. It's basically an automation tool. Um, It does a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) Um, What's the best way to explain it? It's it's an automation tool that can sit between two different apps and 
transmit data around. Um, yeah, this one's this one's definitely more on the the geeky usage side in terms of yeah, if used correctly, it's awesome. But you've got to be able to wrap your head around this. This is probably this could be a, a whole separate podcast on how to use it. But um, uh, yeah, I don't not necessarily like it can be really complex. But one thing, it's basically anything in our business that we're doing more than once, we can probably automate it in some way, shape, or form with Zapier or Zapier. I don't know how to say it. But anyway, let me give you two examples. So we have some contractors that. They invoice us on a monthly or fortnightly basis and we pay them. So they do work, we pay them, whatever. Um, now it was becoming a problem. They wouldn't send their invoices on time. So the pay run is done at the same time every every couple of weeks. Um, and this was getting annoying because then like some of the pays are done, some are not, and then invoices have to be chased up or whatever. So now two days before the pay run, we have an automated email that's set up in Zapier to go out at the same time every month um, or every two weeks, two days before these pay runs happen to remind our contractors to send the invoices. And since we did that, we don't have this problem anymore. So that's one really simple way that we use it. Yep. Um, and that's been awesome. So it took like basically it was the same email we were sending to these guys. So now it just automatically does it. So it, it took literally once because the interface is quite simple to work through. Um, so it took five minutes to set it up. Uh, another one we use, so we get all sorts of, so I would say 99.9% of everything we do, we don't get any paperwork anymore. It's all PDFs and online. So we have maybe 100 different things we're paying for each month. So we have, let's say we have 100 invoices that are coming into our accounts mailbox. They have to be opened. They have to be saved if the if the email doesn't have a PDF invoice attached, then it needs to be printed and saved to a PDF and put in Dropbox and all this sort of stuff. So yeah. that process was burning at least an hour to a week of just this. It's like an effectively digital paper shuffling, for lack of a better word. So what we did. So basically, there was two types of in, uh, email. Uh, sorry, invoice emails coming into our accounts mailbox. So one had PDFs attached to them. Or the invoice was attached as a file. The other one was the, the email itself was the invoice. So now we have two Zaps in Zapier that we forward. There's two different email addresses that we just forward those emails to. So if it has a PDF attached, it saves the PDF in a Dropbox folder. It puts it somewhere else as well uh, into our shared Evernote. So Evernote is a, a different app. It's like a, I guess, a digital filing system. Um, and it takes care of it. So it also, because the invoice file name come in, there's all sorts of rubbish sometimes, you know, similar to how when you save photos off your phone, it has a whole bunch of numbers and whatever. So it will save the invoice file name in Dropbox as whatever we put the subject line in as. So yeah. suddenly this this process that was taking hours now, you know, it's dropped down to you know five or ten minutes. And for the the invoice emails where the invoice is in line with email it's not attached to the email there's another zap or there's another email address it gets sent to that's attached to zapier that turns that email to a pdf and then does the same thing saves it in dropbox and saves it in evernote so that process probably so that invoicing that digital paper shuffling was taken an hour to an hour and a half a week at least so to set that up was probably 45 minutes um, of me working with one of our guys in Zapier to make it work, and now 
that process, that digital paper shuffling process is maybe 10 minutes a week. So Yeah, yeah. And as you said, it's the initial setup that takes a little bit of time, but once you've done it, the time that that saves in the automation process is um, forever more saving you that time. So um, yep. it's just that initial setup. And there's other tools that are similar to it. There's a If This Then That IFTTT, yep. which is similar, but I'm pretty sure they integrate with Zapier as well and certain things that it does. So, so it's a bit of a, you know, there's, there's some bit of a learning curve to get this stuff done, but, uh, also, and, um, now I, I haven't been using Zapier, so I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, I know with if this, then that, there's already, there's already templates that other people have created, like, um, what are they, what's the word for it? Maps or, sequences i can't can't remember the exact terminology they use but someone's already gone down the path of actually creating that that exact workflow connect this Mm -hmm. to that to do this to do that and then you just have to download it or add it to your uh, system and it basically has already done it for you so there's some really clever stuff that's happening with these tools and this is stuff that wasn't available five years ago maybe 10 years ago definitely but it's uh, you know it's amazing what you can get it to do. Now they yeah, all I'm a big money. fan of big fan of this automation because it's uh there's no value to having a staff member sit there for a, an hour doing this paper shuffling nonsense. It doesn't it's a crappy job for them. It's you know it doesn't add any value to the business like it's um it's just valueless work. So there's no reason why anything basically anything that manually is data going from one system to another, it can be automated and it is going to take a little cost to set it up, but if you save half an hour a day every day of the week, that's two weeks a year. And when you know a, a full time staff member is costing you, depending on their their wage, but you know for a sixty thousand dollar a year um, salary, that person costs thirty bucks an hour. So you know that's if they're doing one or two hours a week of digital paper shuffling, that's sixty dollars a week of z- valueless time that you're paying, a valueless yeah, work that you're paying exactly. for effectively. And what are you paying for Zapier? What, 30, 50 bucks a month again? Something similar to that? Oh, we have a lot of zaps. Oh, you have a lot of zaps. (laughs) So it works on how many zaps you've got. Uh, yeah, like we're, I think we're something like a hundred bucks a month, something yeah, like that. But even that, right? Even that compared to a staff member, as you say, uh, this, and then this is where a lot of people get upset as well is that a lot of these tools, they are replacing staff members. No two ways about it, right? This used to mm-hmm. be a manual job. Yep. Uh, so this particular piece of, uh, software, which is all cloud based, it's not r- running off anyone's computer or laptop it's cloud-based so it replaces a person from doing it you may have someone uh on your staff who's overseeing it but they're not actually sitting there doing the work this is now doing which as you said can save you you know 30 40 50 grand a year paying a staff member at minimum so 100 bucks a month no brainer yeah. yeah, it seems expensive to pay that for software, right? But if you compare it to the amount of time that saves in, in staff hours, then yeah, we're yeah. way ahead. So. Way, way ahead. It's it's uh, it's really small thinking to look at these things as an expense. Well, they are, they're, they're, they're really uh, an investment in your business. I mean, you're paying the money to use them. But in comparison to the alternative, it's so, so cheap. So, um, cool. Zappy, I've got to start using this more myself. So, uh, I am, I'm learning. I am but just a grasshopper. And Brendan is the, what are you, Brendan? I'm, I'm just a guy who does computer stuff, Ed. <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm, I feel to... like I'm a, 
I'm a professional emailer. That's probably my best, my, <laughs> the most appropriate <laughs> job title. I feel like I uh, spend half my day replying to emails these well, days. Well, so. you need to automate that with Zapier. <laughs> Stop sending me emails, Ed. Then I'll, I'll I, don't, I, I can't the remember the last time I sent you an email, um, other than replying to the emails you sent me. So, anywho, next on the list. <laughs> So that was Zapier. So we'll have a link for that. Um, next one is me. Now, this is one that I get asked a lot, and this is referring to the podcast that we do, that you're listening to at the moment, is what do I use to edit the sound recording of the podcast? And it's the same tool I've been using for 10 plus years, and it is called Audacity. And it's spelled A U D. A-C-I-T-Y. Now, Audacity is an open source, uh, cross-platform audio recording software, does multi-track recording and editing. Completely free to use. Uh, Awesome tool, works on Windows and Mac, so cross-platform and Linux as well, if you're running a Linux system, which I don't know many people who are, but if you are one of those geeky people who is running a Linux system, then it works for you too. And uh, it's quite easy to use, not a huge learning curve, and it does the job for the majority of podcasters out there that I know. They're using either this or they may be using something like GarageBand or or something something more high-end, but I think the, the, the paid software, I don't really personally think it's needed, but that's just me. So uh, I won't spend a lot of time talking about this one, but people do ask what's a tool you use for your podcast a lot, and other than Skype um, for actually doing the podcast, and uh, Call Recorder, which is a tool for recording it, which is about 25 or $30 once off to buy, this is the tool we use to edit the actual uh, audio. So uh, Audacity, we'll put the link in the show notes as well. But great tool, free to use. There's no paid version of it, so it's just completely free. You can donate because it's open source. Um, but yeah, so that's a very cool tool that I could not be without. Over to you, Brendan. Cool. Uh, what's the next one I have on my list? I have uh, Zendesk. So we use... Uh Zendesk for basically managing all the work and jobs in our um, and client communication. So everything we do goes into Zendesk. It's it's basically like a customer support system, a ticket system. Um, I tried for many of the years. We probably tried eight different systems before we found Zendesk. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be able to live without it now. So it's at its core, it's a ticket system, but it has so many apps and add-ons. It can basically do whatever you want to do. So all a lot of the stuff we do is email-based. So it's really good in in the way it, it ties everything back to email. Um, I don't know how much I can explain about it other than um, we deal with a lot of clients who have a high inbound email volume and it's just going to like a shared Gmail mailbox. Um, and that doesn't, so moving to something like Zendesk or a ticket system um, turns those emails into, because you might have one request from a customer and 10 emails for it. So if you're managing it in a traditional kind of shared inbox setup, you have 10 individual things to deal with because there's 10 emails, whereas in a ticket system, it's one job with 10 communications back and forth. So um, for us, it's been a game changer. The amount it, We have a lot of automations built on top of it. Um, 
it does a lot of the follow-ups automatically with customers. All out, we basically have a rule in the business. If it does, if there's not a ticket in Zendesk, it doesn't exist. Um, yeah, I don't know how much more I can and say about it other than if you don't, if you're doing a lot of customer support stuff and you don't have something to manage that, then you're probably not as efficient as you could be. Mm, yeah, totally. So, uh, and you've been using it for several years now, haven't you? Yeah, I think we've been using it for four years now. And really, in the last kind of 12 months, we've really got it dialed in. We found some really good apps for it um, to add in some process stuff. Um, reminders, we track staff time on jobs. Um, we track, it can track response times. Um, we're in the process of looking at integrating, starting to use the telephone functions of it. Uh-huh. Um, so it can actually act as a, uh, the phone calls come in through Zendesk. Um, we've also teamed it up. Uh, we discovered last year, probably a year ago, Process Street. So we have that integrated closely with Zendesk through Zapier. Okay. So Process Street is uh, an amazing tool for processes and checklists. So we have a lot of we have a lot of clients, and we have a lot of repeating jobs for them. Like for example, um, we have a few hundred clients that we manage. So most of them on WordPress. So those those websites need patches every month or plugin updates. So we have Process Street automatically schedule a checklist for each customer's website each month, which then creates a job in Zendesk that gets uh, assigned to one of our teams. So all that is um, driven through Zapier, basically. So um, at the start of the month, all these jobs get made. There's 150 or 200 jobs for one of our team um, to take care of all these uh, WordPress updates. And you know we wouldn't be able to handle that if we didn't have Zendesk, so we wouldn't be able to see what the workload is in the queue, what's happening, where we're at with it, um, and any cool. of the back and forth associated with it. So, so yeah, it's a great tool. Any of these customer service tools are a, a, they're a long term investment. They need work to set them up and customize them. But um, yeah, it took many years to find something that worked well for us, and, and Zendesk was it. And now we've also started using the CRM features of it, and it's just it's very comprehensive tool for managing kind of customer relations and support and all that communication back and forth. Yeah, awesome. And that's the thing. It's, uh, I mean, you could classify Zendesk as a tool, but then these tools or uh, systems have then additional functionality by adding these plugins that you're talking about, like Process Street. Um, so you can really dial in and customize how you get a lot of these tools working, which is pretty amazing that that stuff is there just so easily connected these days compared to how it was. And yeah, another way we use it, um, so we have, we have staff, obviously, and then we have recurring jobs that need to be done every day, like mailboxes need to be checked, like email boxes need to be checked, support queues need to be checked and monitored. So some of our staff have a daily checklist that gets automatically created in Process Street every day and a ticket in Zendesk. So we can track to make sure that those processes are done on a daily basis, like certain support mailboxes checked, certain other things checked. Um, uh, yeah, so it's been great for like, because a lot of businesses have this, this problem, like particularly physical businesses. I know back when we had our IT company, like the end of day process, like air conditioners need to be turned off, doors need to be locked, things need to be turned off, that sort of thing. So it's really good as well. Uh, the combination for us of Process Street and Zendesk for you know those repetitive tasks that they need us, they need to be done, but it's very hard to keep on top of them and make sure staff are doing them. So now it's really clear for us if something has broken, 
we can go, well, is the daily task being done? If it's checked off on a checklist, then you know, we know it's being done. And if something happens even after the task is still being done, then it probably means our process needs to change or something about whatever we're doing isn't, isn't quite covering it enough. Yeah. So Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So next and last on my list, but not least, none of these are in, in order of what we think is best. They're just on the list. Uh, and there are, there's more things that we use, but you know, we, we end up doing a four hour podcast, uh, episodes. <laughs> my next one, uh, is some accounting software that a lot of people have heard of, in particular in Australia. And that is zero spelled with an X, X E R O. Uh, now, Brendan, you're the one that kept saying, Ed, got to use zero, Ed, got to use zero, Ed, got to use zero. And I was using Myob, which a lot of people know and love, but it was not very advanced in terms of being a software as a service tool or cloud-based because we had Myob running on one laptop in our business and the bookkeeper would come and have to use that laptop to get access to our accounting software, which was running on a computer. Um, so that was pretty much useless. Now, yes, Myob and QuickBooks and all these others, they're all cloud-based these days, but Zero was really ahead of the game. They, they really sort of um, showed what could be done in terms of uh, cloud accounting software. And it does all our invoicing. It's automated. It sends out reminders. Um, and it's a, yeah, we couldn't be without this tool. It's not expensive to use. I think we're paying 50 or $60 a month. Again, that also seems to be 50 or $60 a month, which when you've got 10 things adds up. Uh, but again, still cheap compared to getting it done by a human or, you know, doing it manually in some way, shape or form. So if you're, Doing accounting the old way, you're doing things uh, manually or if you're using accounting systems that are just running off one computer that can't be accessed by different people in different parts of the world or you know, by even as simply as your accountant sitting in their office and not having to come to your place of business, uh, then Xero is a fantastic tool. So you love it. You still use it, don't you? Mm-hmm. Course. And you love in- zero. you love zero, and you integrated a couple of other things like Shoebox, which is another plugin slash tool that connects to zero. Are you still using? Yeah, that don't, for you, doing don't use don't use Shoebox anymore. No, what are you um, using? So, so Shoebox was basically a way of documenting all your receipts, but doing them digitally. So you would just take a photo, it would input them into zero, so you then didn't have to keep copies of receipts on various yeah it was it was more useful when we had a lot of paper um because then we could just uh you know put the paper in an envelope send it to zero and they take care of it but two one is we don't have paper anymore like i have the only paper we get i think is our bank still wants to send us paper bank statements for company bank accounts which is ridiculous because they can send everything else digitally so that's uh and it just goes straight in the bin because we have the pdf um, and zero chased their cha- uh, sorry shoebox changed their pricing structure, so it became really expensive to use that that uh, send documents in an envelope setup. So we're like, well, we're not really anything anymore, and we might have one or two pieces of paper a month that we need to scan now. So 
uh, I just scan it in my phone, send it to our Zapier system, and it does all the automation stuff in the back end to take care of it. So, oh, okay, all right. So you're not even using that anymore. Uh, yeah. So that's one upgraded it. Upgraded. Yeah, upgraded. So Zapier's taken over. That's cool. Good to know. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's zero. So check it out for those. You know, if you love it or hate it, it's one of those tools that we can't be without. Um, it it makes things a lot easier to do, and we run several businesses through the one account. Um, it's our one company account, but we run my online impact business through it, and we also run my wife's career wisdom um, business through it. She's a career consultant, career coach, and uh, it does them all through the same system, but it's all separately invoiced and separate uh, invoice templates and all that sort of stuff. So it's quite flexible, great tool, uh, and we love it. Um Last on the list is Slack, which you mentioned earlier before. So, mm-hmm. so tell us about Slack. So Slack is uh, it's basically like a chat tool. We use it internally for the team, and it took me – I have a lot of friends who use Slack, and it took me – I didn't really see the benefit of it because um, we have a bazillion live chat or we have a bazillion tools where we can chat with each other. Um, and we had, you know, we had Google Hangouts, we had Skype, but – I decided that we would try Slack for three months to see what would happen and got the team on board and now we can't live without it. So basically it's it's become almost like a dashboard for the business. So a lot of so a lot of stuff goes on in the business. There's a lot of moving parts. We have different parts of the business, lots of clients. We have staff doing things with clients and you know, things happen. So things are all happening and we run um, so we don't have a physical space where everybody's sitting anymore because we're you know we're a remote work company where everybody's distributed yeah so you don't see physical things happening so what we found is that the chat is really only one aspect of slack where we're instead of sending emails back and forth about something we can have a quick conversation or if someone needs my attention or needs me to okay something or has a question for one of the other team members, they can get that answered nearly immediately because they can hit someone up on Slack for time-critical stuff. Yep. But now we have uh, almost every other system in the business is plugged into Slack. So we have, in Slack, you have channels, so different topics effectively. Uh, And we have different systems plugged into different channels. So we have, for example, PayPal and Stripe plugged into a, a channel. So... I can see if I need to, I can just you know open up Slack and see what payments are coming in. Um, I can see there's another one for Zendesk, so I can see every single thing that goes through Zendesk also goes through the Zendesk channel. So if I want to check something on the go or look at something quickly, um, I can check the Zendesk channel. So there's lots of different ways to use it. Uh, we have one for our hosting uptime. Um, so if there's any alerts around hosting uptime or something goes down, uh, it goes in the, the uptime channel. So we found that it has become like a dashboard for the business. So the activity that's going on in the business, there's a channel for each set of activity and then it has really granular the alerts and the notifications you get. So I only get notifications. So I have it on my phone, I have it on my desktop computer. So it will only ping if someone messages me directly or there's a particular alert that is set up to get my attention. So um, it's yeah, it's it's hard to explain until you've used it, and it's kind of like this Swiss Army knife that you can plug a lot of stuff into. So yeah. it's for me, it's really a really quick way I can just check Slack and see the 
activity that's going on across the business in a number of different areas. Like I can see when our bookkeeper's applying payments in the system because, you know, there's a whole bunch of activity around zero and, and payments being applied. So it's been really uh, – it changed the business in ways I couldn't have anticipated before, particularly now as businesses, you know, 20 – and we have people across multiple time zones too. So, you know, business is becoming more and more – uh, distributed and remote and you know working across time zones and you might have customers that aren't physically in the same time zone as you so um, and you don't want that garbage filling up your inbox like it's you just need to you know it's useful for me to see the payments coming in but I don't really want them in my inbox so no it's um, yeah it's been really it has been a game changer for the amount of visibility I have into the the activity inside the business and, and what's going on so and yeah. um, and what is this uh, you know, there's always different levels. What is it costing per month for you to use at the moment? Uh, zero. Right now we're on the free plan. Oh, you're just so. using the free plan. Okay. Just using the free plan. We haven't had a reason to upgrade. There's been a couple of times where we've run over limits on stuff, but it, it's, you know, had it, it, uh, there's things that we don't get on the free plan. I think one of them is we don't get a lot of history saved, but we don't need the history for a lot of stuff because it's for us. That's uh, just really a stream of activity. So, you know, I don't really need to see the activity from 30 days ago. So, um, yeah, the free plan is all we're using right now, and it's it's amazing. So, yeah, I love it. Cool. Awesome. And I think even the, the standard or the the pro version is like um, $7 or something per active user or something. So, it's not huge. Again, so it just depends on how many people you've got using the upscaled versions. But if you've, if you've managed to get away with using the free version, that's quite encouraging um, yeah we're doing a lot of stuff in there so there's a lot of activity yeah, and a yeah. lot of data being pushed through it but it's been really good for alerts one thing is because we, we have it hooked into zapier as well if there's something i want to know when it's happening in the business i can set the notifications so it alerts me so if there's a particular customer um working with closely or um uh you know there's a problem then i can keep an eye on that particular customer even um and you know, get a notif- notification when they're putting tickets through Zendesk or updating tickets in Zendesk. So it really has allowed me to get really granular insight into the what's going on in the biz. Fantastic, thank you, dude. That's uh, that's great. So look, that's only ten. There's other tools we use, um, and no doubt there's ones that we've missed. So if there's any tool that you want to know more about that you've heard about or uh, that uh, you're or a great tool you're using yourself feel free to leave a comment in the comments um, section of the on the podcast and we can look into them and maybe consider doing an episode on those if we get enough people who are uh, talking about them. So, uh, But all these tools are cross-platform, pretty much all of them. Some, um, some are not cloud-based, like Audacity is not cloud-based, but I think everything else we talked about is all cloud-based. Uh, it's a software-as-a-service tool or a SaaS tool um, that we refer to. So uh, it's it's amazing. And this, you know, you can use these anywhere in the world as long as you've got an internet connection. And most of them you can actually do work um, on uh, on your computer and then it will uh, synchronize stuff when you actually get an internet connection. Not all of them, but some of them. So they're very flexible. The, the difference in what we can do now compared to 10 years ago is mind-blowing. And if you haven't caught up with any of these tools and you, you haven't used them, now's a good time. Otherwise, you're just going to get left behind, I think. So uh, fan, fantastic stuff. So uh, we'll leave it there. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Brendan, for 
your words of wisdom. Thank you, Mr. Ed. And uh, we will finish up and catch you guys on the next episode of The Business Marketing Show. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.